Let's call it call Okay, we are learning Le'ili Nishmas, my mother, Imim Rasi, Nechabas Chaim Zedol, and of course Le'ili Nishmas, all the Kadoshim that have fallen from Klal Yisrael since October 7th, and also for the Zechus of our Chayalim. They should be victorious very soon, and we should know of Shalom very, very soon. We are on Bayes Amud Bayes. We are on 2B, and we are going to begin around 10 lines up from the bottom. Just a quick recap. We have been having this discussion between two Manda Amars, one being our Mishnah, the other being that of Rabbi Yoshua ben Karcha. They argue as to what we um, determine the 15th uh, for walled cities, now, at what point are we basing this halacha from? Is it from like our Mishnah says from the times of Yehoshua ben Nun? Or is it like Rabbi Yehoshua ben Karcha says that it's walled cities from the times of Ahasuerus? And the Gemara went through their reasonings. And now we have this question here, which is the last word on the line is Bishlama. So Bishlama latana didan. It makes sense according to our Tana, our Mishnah that we've established as Rabbi Akiva. That's why it writes in the Megillah and Esther Tes Chof Ches. It says Medina Umedina Veir Veir. It says province and province and city and city. So it made sense to say both of those dis- two distinctions. Medina Medina Lechalik Ben Mukafin Chomem Yomas Yoshua Benun Lemukafes Chomem Yomas Yachashverosh. So the first one, Medina Medina, is coming to uh, make a distinction between the walled cities from the times of Yoshua Benun and the walled cities from the times of Achashverosh. Which is that our Mishnah says it has to be from the times of Yoshua ben Nun. Do they read on the fifteenth? If they were only walled during the times of Achashverosh, they are going to read on the fourteenth. And then ir ve'ir was necessary, city and city, because it's also nami lechaleik. It's also to make a distinction between Shushan lesharieros to make a distinction between Shushan and other cities, right? Because Shushan, even though it wasn't walled at the time of Yoshua and it was walled at the time of Achashverosh, still it will be reading on the 15th because it is unique as the miracle happened there. El Rabbi Yoshua ben Karcha, but according to Rabbi Yoshua ben Karcha, it says that it's all about the times of Achashverosh. So then Bishlam and Medina Medina, it makes sense that the Pasuk said between Medina and Medina from one province to another, it made sense. Lechalik ben Shushan Lashairos to make a distinction between Shushan and all other cities. Now, this is an interesting way of saying it, as Rashi explains, Hachi Garcina, and he says, this is how you're supposed to understand it, that according to Rabbi Shimon Karcha, it makes sense to say, Medina, Medina, lechalik ben mukafin chomem miyamasach ha-shverosh, lechein mukafin miyamasach ha-shverosh. Meaning, the Gemara should have said, according to Rashi, that Medina, Medina would make a distinction between those cities that were walled at the time of Achashverosh and those cities that were not walled at the time of Achashverosh. And in the Gemara, when it says, ben shushin l'shar iros, so it's not so clear as to how to make that distinction, um, however, but once we already have that one distinction of the, the walled cities in the time of Achashverosh versus the unwalled cities, and what else do we need ir ve'ir for? There's no other distinction had to be, that had to be made according to Rabbi Yishuv ben Karcha. Ah, so Amar Lecha Rabbi Yishuv ben Karcha, so Rabbi Yishuv ben Karcha, he'll say to you, he'll say like this, but according to our Tana, our Mishnah, why is that any good? Meaning, he's not answering the question to himself, but he's really throwing the question back at our Tana. Why? Because Kevin de Isle Prazi Prazi, since we've already established that we have this Gezerah Shava from the word Prazi and Prazi, 
the word for Prazi unwalled cities, we have it in the Chumash and we also have it in the Megillah. And we made and we said that that was the proof that it's from the times of Yeshua ben Nun. So Medina, Medina, Lamali. So if we already have Prazi, Prazi to teach me the distinction between walled cities and unwalled cities, why do I have Medina, Medina? Meaning Rabbi Shuvah ben Karcha is saying we have the same problem. Our our Tana has the same problem that you don't really need Medina, Medina, and ear to ear. So Ella rather orders Rabbi Shuvah ben Karcha. He says. The truth is that pasuk of Medina, Medina, and the ear, the ear, is not coming at all to teach me a distinction between walled cities and unwalled cities in the times of Yoshua, not the times of Yoshua, uh, meaning times of Yoshua and the times of Achashverosh. Ella krola who does it's coming at, for a drasha, something else, some type of halachic uh, expounding that it's coming to teach us. It's actually coming to teach us the halacha. From of Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi. It's interesting. It's another Rabbi Yoshua. I always thought it was unique. We're talking about our Tana is talking about the walled cities of Yoshua ben Nun. Then you have Yoshua ben Karcha disagrees, and now you have Yoshua ben Levi that we're bringing. He's teaching us another halacha. De Amar Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi, as Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi says, Krach and the walled city v'chol hasamuchlo v'chol hanira imo that any city which is close to the walled city. And any city which can see the walled city, even if it's not so close, nidon kakrach, it is judged as the walled city itself. And therefore, it will also be celebrating Purim on the 15th. So what he's doing with the Pasuk is he's saying any ve'ir ve'ir, meaning Medina, Medina, ve'ir ve'ir, meaning any city that can see the Medina, that's close to the Medina, that's how he's viewing the Pasuk. Not that it's making distinctions between walled cities and unwalled cities. So this is an interesting halacha as to how it's not just what's within the walled cities, but those that can are close to the walled city or can see the walled city, they treat themselves as a walled city as well. And then we ask Ad Kama, when we say that it's close or you know how far could it be that you until you are able to see the walled city, like what's the distance that we allow? What would be too far that would not be considered like walled city? So Amar Rabbi Yirmiya v'Isema Rabbi Chia bar Abba. So Rabbi, Yir, Rabbi, Rabbi Yirmiya, and some say it's Rabbi Chia bar Abba, they say, they explain, the distance is ke-mechamtan l'teveria mil. Like mechamtan, which is a place, uh, I guess, in the north of Eretz Yisrael, l'teveria. To teveria, it's a meal. It's a meal, which is close to a mile. Usually it's around... 18, you know, 16 to 18 minute walk. So the Gemara asks, meal. just tell me the measurement. Say a meal. Why are you telling me So how come Ashmelon is coming to teach us that when you want to know the measurement, what is a meal? How much is it? It is the distance from to Teveria. And if you were to walk that, you would know what a meal is. Okay. So that is the amount of uh, how far w- one of the cities would be to be considered like a walled city if they could see it from that distance. Okay, now, So now what the Gemara is going to do is going to quote a bunch of statements from The first one was connected to the discussion of Purim, of walled cities. But now it's a different conversation altogether, but it's still under the name of And I would like to think and suggest that there are connections, even a theme is connected throughout the Gemara. It's just a question of how do we find that theme. It might not be for now, um, but if, if, ever, if all else fails, at least we are uh, quoting this uh, Tana 
uh, a few times or this Amora, a few times in all of his beautiful statements. So the second one is Amar Rabbi Yirmiya Visem Rabbi Chiaber Abba. He says, Menatz Pech, the Mem Nun, Sadi Pei and Ches. He says, Tsofim Amrum. He said, The Tsofim, the, the prophets of the generations, they said these things. So, meaning, these letters are ones that have the regular, the mem, and then they have like a mem sofit, a nun sofit, a tzadi sofit, a pei sofit, and a chaf sofit. So it was that the the neviim, the prophets, were the ones who taught us about how these five letters have their own special uh, sofit letter, and not just a regular letter letter that would be in the right in the middle or the beginning of a word. So the Gemara asks, "Vatizbro, does that even make sense? You're going to attribute it to?" The prophets, the Haksiv, doesn't the Torah write Ela Hamitzvos? These are the mitzvos. We're quoting the Pasuk in Vayikra, Chaf Zain Lamed Dalad, Mamish, the last Pasuk in Sefer Vayikra. It speaks about these are the mitzvos which Hashem commanded Moshe to the to the Jewish people at Har Sinai, which implies She'ein Navi Rashi Lechadish Davar Me'ata that there's no prophet that after when Hashem taught to Moshe Rabbeinu can add anything or renew anything from that point forward, meaning everything was taught to Moshe Rabbeinu, even such things as having letters that are different at the end of the word. How can we attribute it to the prophets? The ode, and furthermore, Ha'amar Rav Chista, says, Mem v'samech shebeluchos, the letter Mem and Samech in the Luchos, in the Ten Commandments, we're on Gimel Amad Aleph now, Benes Hayu Omdin, they were standing, they were suspended through a miracle. These two letters in particular, right, because they have the uh, the middle part where nothing is attached to it. The Mem Sofit, oh, that's, so that's what we're talking about. The Samich, the regular Samich is a circle. So you have that space in the middle. So the, the circle within the Samich, it must be hovering there. Nothing's attaching it to the actual concrete of the, or whatever stone that the Luchos was made out of. But the Mem, regular Mem, has a points where it, it closes, but a memsofit is totally open as well, like the Samech, and they just have a hovering circle in the middle. So we already see at the times of Harsinai, you have memsofits, right? When Hashem gave the Torah to Moshe Rabbeinu. So it can't be that the Nevi'im came later and established that, that these letters, such as Mem, Nun, Samech, Pei, and Ches, and, and Chaf, have a Sofit letter to them. So the Gemara says, in... Mehave Havu, he says, you're right. Mehave Havu, they did exist. We did have the Sofit letters. Velo Havu Yade, Hai Be'emsa Teva, Vehai Besof Teva. But we didn't know which one of these five letters was going to be in the middle of the word versus what was going to be at the end of the word. They were still not clear. Maybe the Mem Sofit that we know was the regular Mem in the middle of the word, and the regular Mem that we have was supposed to be at the end of the word. And the same thing would apply to the Nun, Sadi, Pei, and Ches, and Chaf. And Chaf. So, therefore, V'asut Sofim V'takinu Pesuchin Be'em Sateva Ustumin Besov Teva. And therefore, the prophets then came later and they established the open ones, meaning the regular letters, they're going to be in the middle of the word. And the closed letters, what we know as the Sofit letters, they're going to be Besov Teva. Okay? So that's what they established. So they were already in existence, but they established where they should go in the word. 
So the Gemara asks, no, so so at the end of the day, still we have the Pasuk, Eleha Mitzvos, Navi Asi Me'ata. These are the mitzvos. Everything that Hashem gave it was to Moshe Rabbeinu. And no Navi in the future can come and renew anything, even such things as establishing where should the Sofit letters go in each word. Because technically, that seems like it's a new thing. The Torah might even look a little different based on where the letters are placed within the word. So what do we do? So Ella, rather, what's the answer? Shechachum, that we had, we did know where the letters go, but we forgot exactly how they were written. And therefore, v'chazru v'yisadom, therefore the Nevi'im, the v'chazru, they returned v'yisadom and they established it. They, they made the foundation once again and taught where exactly the Sofit letters go and the regular letters go. Okay. That was the second teaching. Now, the third teaching of Amar Rabbi Yirmiya, Isema Rabbi Bar Abba. So, as Rabbi Yirmiya said, and some say it was Rabbi Bar Abba, they explain Targum Shol Torah, the translation of the Torah, Onkulus Hager Amru. Onkulus, the convert, he was the one who said them. Mipi Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Yoshua. He learned them from the mouth of Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yoshua. He learned from them and then he translated the Torah as we have it today, Onkulus. Then Targum Shol Nevi'im, the translation of the prophets, Yonason ben Uziel Amru. Yonason ben Uziel was the one who said them. Mipi Chagai Zechariah Malachi. Through the mouths of Chagai Zechariah Malachi, the, the later Nevi'im, he learned from them. Yet, when he learned from them and he wrote it down, Eret Yisrael Arba Meos Parsa Arba Meos Parsa. When this translation of the Nevi'im was written, the, the land of Eretz Yisrael started to shake and quake uh, Arbameos Parsa. This is a, a huge uh, rumble. Uh, it's a 400 Parsa, which is around, I think it's close to 1600 mil. And uh, by 1600 mil or by 400 Parsa. And it shook so much. And what happened? Yatsta Baskol Amra. So there was a heavenly voice that came and said, Mihuze, who is this? It's interesting in the in the Megillah we have Mihuze, right? Achashverosh asks, "Who is this one?" So here, Achashverosh is asking, and the Basko is saying, "Mihuze, who is this one?" Shegila Sitraye Livne Adam, who is revealing my secrets to the people, meaning who's translating the prophets who said they could. So Amar Yonasan Ben Uziel Al Raglov. So Yonasan Ben Uziel he stood on his feet the Amar and he said, "Anihu Shegalisi Starecha Livne Adam. I am the one who is revealing." The, your, your secrets to the people. However, but it should be revealed and known before you. I'm not doing this for my own honor. And I'm not doing it for the honor of my father's house. I'm only doing it for your honor. That's why I'm doing it. So that there shouldn't be this uh, in- increase of disputes of machlokas in Yisrael as to how to understand the Nevi'im. I'm, I'm translating it for everyone so that they understand and that there won't be more machlokas. So it's really for your kavod HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And then, v'od bikesh legalos targum, and he further why he requested to reveal the targum shel ksuvim, the translation of the ksuvim, of the writings. And then what happened? Yotzta basko v'amrolo dayecha. So then a heavenly voice came out and said, enough of you. Don't try and translate. So it sounds like the Baskol, or Kosh Baruch Hu, was masking to Yonas and Ben Uziel that we would allow the Targum of Nevi'im to, 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 be, uh, to be in place and to keep it. However, to translate the Ksuvim, we do not allow that. He said, enough, don't do it. Don't, don't translate it. My time, what's the reason? What was it so, why was it so important not to, entra- not to translate 
the ksuvim mishum deis be kates mashiach because there is within the ksuvim the end of days the explanation of end of days now it's so interesting nowadays we have english that translates everything um so if we get translation it seems like though the targum would have added a little more explanation to what was going on behind the scenes now as uh, rashi explains the kates mashiach is uh in the sefer daniel the sefer daniel it does start with certain calculations and, and Daniel is in Ksuvim, so he's saying, no, enough is enough. Don't start translating. Don't start giving a Targum for the Ksuvim. Okay. Very interesting Gemara, which fascinating as well, which teaches us who were the ones that translated the Targum. How do we have the Targum today? So then the Gemara asks, the Targum Shal Torah, Onkelos Hager Wait a second. Was it true that the translation of the Torah, Onkelos, the convert, was the one who said them? Wasn't it that Rav Ika, the son of Abin, said the name of Hananel Amarav? Why does it why does it write in once again in the Ksuvim? This is in Nehemia Ches Ches 8 8. The Pasuk says, Vayikra'u Besefer Torah Elokim, Besefer Torah Elokim. They uh, read within the, the book of the Torah of Hashem, Mifurash, distinctly with explanation, Visoim Sechel, and they had, they um, gave, uh, made sense out of it, Vayavinu Bemikra, and they caused there to be understanding with with the mikra, with the, the writing, with the, the writing of the Torah. So now let's break down the pasuk. Vayikru b'sefer Torah salokim. Those first four words that they read in the sefer of the Torah of Hashem. Zemikra. This is just the reading of the psukim. Mifurash with a distinction and with explanation. Zetargum. This is the targum, the translation. There you go. And then v'som sechel elah psukin. And the, to place understanding, this is the psukin, where you're supposed to stop and where you're supposed to begin. And then v'yavinu v'mikra, and to understand the writing, elu piskei tamim. This is the the cantillation. This is the uh, way of, uh, of pronouncing and of uh, giving a tune to it. The amrela, and there are those who say elu hamesores. This is referring to the mesores, which actually is the right way of reading it. Sometimes there's, we have aim la mikra and aim la mesores. The mikra is how it's written. The mesores is how it's supposed to be read, so, or vice versa. But it's in here it's saying Elamasaurus. This is how they were supposed to be reading it. So you see from this uh, this explanation here, the word Mifurash already says this is the Targum. So why are we saying Unglus came and gave the Targum years later? It seems like from the time of Nehemia they already had a translation. So what's the answer? Shachachum v'chazruvis dom. They forgot it, and then Unglus comes back. And he 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 brings it to its foundation again, and he brings the targum back. Okay, so now Maishna the Gemara asks Maishna de Oraisa the law is daza the Adenavi is daza is daza. What's the difference between the translation of the Torah that the earth did not shake, whereas when the Nevim was was translated is daza Eretz started to shake, started to quake. So the answer is the Oraisa. Mifrisha Milsam. The truth is, the Torah is very clear, and even the translation is is quite clear. There's no like hidden meaning behind translations, behind the behind the targum that brings something totally new that we wouldn't have understood otherwise. I mean, we we definitely get a clearer understanding of the Torah, but there's nothing that's so far 
from uh, truly understanding if you just read the pasuk. Whereas the nevi'e ikamile the mifar the mifreshan ve'ikamile the mistaman. But when it comes to nevi'im, there are certain things which yes are exp- are are easy to explain. There are certain things, however, that they're like totally uh, closed from understanding if it wasn't for the translation, if it wasn't for the targum. Tersev, as it writes in Zechariah, this is Yud Beis Yud Aleph twelve eleven. It says, "Bayomahu Yigdal Hamisper BiYerushalayim Kemisper Hada Hadar Hadrarimun BeBikas Megidon." It said, "On that day, great will be the eulogy of Yerushalayim, like the eulogy of Hadarimon in the Valley of Megidon." So, what does this mean? The Amar of Yosef and Rav says. If it wasn't for the translation of that pasuk, I would have no idea what it's talking about. So he says the translation helps us, which is, On that day, Great will be the eulogies of Yerushalayim, like the eulogy of the Achav Bar Amiri, the Achav, the son of Amiri, the Kotal Yasei, who was killed, Hadadrimon ben Tavrimon, Berimos Gilad. He was killed by Dadrimon, the son of Tavrimon, in the hills of Gilad. So that's the Dadrimon that the initial pasuk was talking about. And then it will also be as great as Uchamispe de Yoshia bar Amon, be great as the eulogy of Yoshia bar Amon, the Kotal Yase Paro Chagira Babikas Megiddo, who was killed by Paro the Lame in the valley of Megiddo, which is the last words of Babikas Magidon. So you see, it's referring to two separate eulogies of two separate people. If it wasn't for the Targum, we would have no idea what that is talking about. Okay, so now we're entering into a fourth statement of Rabbi Amar, Rabbi Yirmiyavi, Sam Rabbi Chibar Abba. We'll get to that in a second. First, the Gemara is going to quote a Pasuk from Daniel Yud Zion 10.7. The Pasuk says, ani Daniel es that I, Daniel, by myself, saw this vision. And the people that were with me, they did not see the vision that Daniel is saying that he saw. But there was this great trepidation which fell upon them. And they fled to go in hiding. So what's happening here? Daniel is seeing some type of vision. The other people with him are not. So, man, niyu anashim. Who exactly were these people that were with Daniel? So, this is the fourth teaching of Amar, Rabbi Yirmiya, Vizema, Rabbi Chiyabar Abba, Rabbi Yirmiya, and some say it's Rabbi Chiyabar Abba. They said, they said who are these people? Zechagai, Zechariah, Malachi. They were none other than Chagai, Zechariah, Malachi. Inuhu adife minei. So, the Gemara says, they, Chagai, Zechariah, Malachi, were greater than him. However, he, Daniel, Adif Minayu, he was greater than them. So what does that mean? Inhu Adif So they were greater than him. How so? Because Chagai Zachar Malachi, they were prophets. They were Naviim. However, Daniel was not a Navi. Now the truth is, if you look at Savior Daniel, it really seems like Daniel was a Navi, or he gets a lot, of, or it's all these incredible dreams, and he has like Gavriel coming to him. So the difference is that Chagat Zechariah Malachi, they were Nevi'im that had a message to be shared with Klal Yisrael. HaKadosh Baruch Hu pointed them to be Nevi'im for the Jewish people, whereas HaKadosh Baruch Hu never, we never see even HaKadosh Baruch Hu talking to Daniel straight up, but Daniel is never told to relay any message to the Jewish people. Um, so that's clearly the difference. So Chagat Zechariah Malachi were Nevi'im when Daniel was not. 
where Daniel was not. Ihu, however, Adif but Daniel was greater than them. How so? Because Daniel saw this vision, whereas they did not see this vision. Okay. So now the Gemara asks, but after Chagai Zachariah Malachi didn't see this vision, why were they then so scared? The Gemara answers, Okay, so even though they themselves didn't see the vision, it was like their ministering angel, their mazalayhu, so to speak, saw it, and unconsciously they had this trepidation as if it was like they were able to um, connect in a way to what their mazal saw. And that's why they like felt something. They didn't see anything, but a part of them saw something, their mazal saw something, and they, therefore it translated into them fearing, having this like fear come upon them, which you know, whenever a person has a fear for no reason, one may ask, and this is what uh, Amar Ravina and Ravina said. Shmamina, we learn from here. Haiman demibit afagavdiu lochazi mazalchazi. He says that that person, any person who is going to have like this fear upon them, even though they don't see, still their mazal sees, and therefore they have this trepidation. So what does a person do? My takante. What is the remedy to get rid of this fear? So first, likrei kriyashma. First, you should read the Kriyat Shema. That would get rid of this unconscious, you know, uh, fear. And if they're standing in a place which is a, a, a tanufa, it's fill of, of filth, and they can't read Kriyat Shema, they should jump and skip from their place, Arba Garmidi, a certain distance of uh, Arba Garmidi, okay? Just jump away. That will get rid of your fear. And if they don't do that, they should say to themselves, they should say this, that the goat of in the butcher's house is more fat than I am. Meaning, this fear, go get the goat. I'm not. Uh, I'm not tempt. I shouldn't be tempting because the goat has more fat and is and is uh, more more rich with taste than I am. So leave me this fear. Okay, we're up to two. That's. We'll stop here. Yashir koach.